Hi, this is Paul Warren, and you're listening to the Rams Review Podcast. This is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussions, insights, interviews, and analysis. All passion, all Derby Kent. Hello everybody and welcome to the final episode of 2023's Rams Review podcast. We had to squeeze one in after last night's performance in uh, in Oxfordshire. Jack Bryan's here to join me. Jack, as I've just mentioned to you, to you off air, I'm not going to bother. I was going to give myself a day off, but after last night, there's no way that we couldn't spend the next 30 minutes talking about it, is there? No, there's not. I mean, I even I even wrote it up for the, the website for the purposes of, you know, this is the sort of game that you want to you want to look back on as a great a great away trip for the fans who were there, you know, for everyone watching. But also, it's the sort of game where if there is success at the end of this season, we'll look back on as pivotal. Isn't it? That's yeah. That's the big thing. It's such a difficult run to keep the unbeaten streak going for one, but also to show such spirit, fighting spirit for that comp- for the way we came back is, you know, something that hopefully keeps the team going. Now that's you know so big for for momentum. They should be buoyed by that now going into. New Year, basically. I would absolutely agree with you. And as I said, the last on the last episode that I did with Chris, I, I sort of mentioned the celebration. You know, the celebrations of the Derby players after that performance um, against Wigan, which was obviously a very different sort of game than than last night. But again, at full time, I appreciate probably because we come from two 0 down to win it at the death. Um, I mean, the celebrations between from the players um, was it, it's. Something's building now. I, 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 I'm sure there will still be some sceptical Derby fans, and you, you know you're probably right to still be a little bit. But there is no getting away from eight wins out of nine. Um, is not you know good form, and I still can't believe. I think I mentioned it on the last one. We're still only fourth, but you know that gap of what was nine, ten points three games ago to, to Portsmouth. We are now in absolute touching distance to them. And obviously a massive game now on New Year's Day, which we'll come on to uh, in a little bit. But, you know, we we break down that game last night, Jack, and we said, I mean, you've said it on the podcast, me and Chris have said it on a podcast, it, it, trying to keep that unbeaten run, get out of last night with, you know, uh, something uh, that would have been, I think, a, a fair, a fair result. Uh, so, sorry, a, a fair expectation. Um, one, what, sixty-two seconds in, was it? Something like that. It obviously didn't quite start as well as most would have expected. Um, and then, obviously, very quickly backed up in the thirteenth minute from 
a, a free kick. And I mean, what, you know, not many goalkeepers in the world are, are stopping that. And I have to say, when he lined another one up a little bit later on in the in the half, I did think to myself, oh, here we go. You know, it, we were going to be dead and buried. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's a mixture of Derby just not starting the game strongly. I mean, it's hard to say that when you give a penalty away in the first minute. And then let's face it, for the next 12 minutes, Derby really dominated that game until they broke on us and, you know, obviously found themselves 2-0 up. There, There was no point in that first half where I thought Oxford were really dominating the game or the better side, in all honesty. They... They had a penalty and a and a set piece. And really, that was about it. I mean, I'm sure we'll mention the corner count a couple of times in this chat, Jack. But even before we scored, obviously, just towards the back end of the first half through Forsyth, Derby had been knocking on that door for, for basically for the entirety of the first half. And if it hadn't have gone the way of Derby last night, Paul Warren said it in his press conference, and I have to agree... I don't think you could have sort of knocked Derby's performance yesterday, it, it, even if they hadn't have won that game. I thought we played the right way. Of course, the two things in that first 15 minutes were were unfortunate. They, they don't happen. They're, they're two silly mistakes, which we haven't really done a lot of in the last eight or nine games. But, you know, that first half as well. Well, apart from Joe Ward. Well, yeah, and obviously that one did, well, one of them obviously ended up costing us two points. Otherwise, we'd be talking nine out of nine and, you know, we'd be sat in second currently. But, yeah, it there was no point through that game last night where I was disappointed with the way Derby played. Um, I mean, sum up that first half, Jack, and I suppose the, the, the main question throughout the whole game was, did Oxford think that they'd have got the job done? Because they, after that, they, even though, as I say, they didn't really create a hell of a lot other, even, you know, other than the first two that they were opportunities that they got. um, It looked like they were, they just constantly retreated. It just didn't look like they'd got enough to get through Derby from open play. Yeah, it was, it was very much kind of once they were up, almost just like a, a rabbit in headlights or something, wasn't it? Just constantly, constantly just, as you say, retreating and hoping for the best, really. But, I mean, the best way to sum up that first couple of minutes, the best way I can, is to repeat what I wrote up last night, which is, you know, I would have forgiven Derby fans for thinking, here we go again, when, you know, when Wildsmith conceded that penalty, you know, and what I meant by that was, oh no, individual errors going to cost us again in a big game, you know, where we actually, you know, actually played played pretty well in the end. But in that in that first minute, it's like, oh, another penalty that we're making a little bit of a habit of this. Is this how this is going to go? Because our record against the top six didn't make for encouraging reading ahead of last night, despite the good form. But but yeah, I mean, really, they got the penalty. Took us a couple of minutes, and then we kind of got a, a bit of a, a foothold in the game. We put a lot of pressure on them. We had like five corners after the first ten minutes, or something stupid. Um, you know, Max Bird forced that save as well from Beadle. 
And, and yeah, as you say, they land hit us on the counter. We give away the free kick. Dangerous position. No Cameron Brannigan's got that. It's locker. 2-0. Great finish. And at that point, you're thinking, right, this is a little bit of a mountain to climb. This has become a lot more difficult. Because the game progressed. I mean, I sat there thinking, if this was 0-0, I'd be alarmingly confident. We were, you know, we were that far ahead of them that, that yeah, you could tell if that was, yeah, if that was level at that point, you'd have thought, yeah, we're easy, you're going to do this. But because we'd given away those two goals early on, it was it was very much a case of, we need to get something, get back in the game, turn the momentum properly, take advantage of the good spell, which is something, you know, that we don't always do if you think back to kind of the start of the season. And, and yeah, I mean, I think the deliveries in the first half weren't, weren't great compared to what we, what we saw in the second half, certainly. You know, they were kind of knocking on the door, they were hopping and puffing, but not quite there. I mean, that pray for side header that went onto and over the bar was, was agonising in that sense because, you thought that was the moment to get something out of that first half. But then, I mean, obviously the goal came at the perfect time. We had finally, we'd finally done it. We had taken advantage of that dominance because, yeah, we've been all over them, but not looked overly threatening in terms of the, the chances created in that first half. But I think getting that goal, uh, you, you know, it's, it's perfect time to score. Don't they? And there's a, there's a reason for that. Um, at that point, we had hope, and as I said, momentum was with us. We were flying, you know. Take that into the second half, come out the blocks with the intent that we did, and yeah, we were at that point. I was thinking, yeah, we're, we're going to get something from this game. Absolutely. Before, obviously, we talk about the, the, the most important part of that game, which was that second half performance. Um, a question for you, Jack. Do you think it is just, you know, down to the standard of the league where a team goes 2-0 up at home inside 12 minutes and just slightly take the foot off the gas? I mean, is there going to be many other teams in this division that would have gone to Oxford, gone 2-0 down within 12 minutes and turned it round? You know, is is it a little bit of naivety from uh, from Oxford's management there a little bit because they, they did sit off Derby and I know they are a, a possession side and they did break on us a couple of times um, but from a 2-0 position at home I would have expected them to to push on to us a little bit more than they did Yeah because they kind of allowed us to play a little bit with, with that approach didn't they? If they'd have got a third goal then we, it would have felt like we were down and out, but just sitting off, letting us have a bit of control and kind of build our way back into the game does, as you say, feel naive, really. I I don't know whether that's the league or whether that's just, you know, a poor tactical decision, but, you know, it's, it's a big game and, you know... We're, Lots of managers only human. You can you can get these calls wrong, but it does. It did seem odd, especially when you think about what happened later on in that game and the spell just before we got the equaliser and the pressure they put on them with a couple of 
good counterattacks, you know, really they should have perhaps sealed it at that point. If they had done that earlier on, then then yeah, it could have been could have been completely different. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, to be honest, and it sounds silly, but you know the amount of cliches that you come out with at football, it does sound silly. But they almost went to up too soon in the game, didn't they? I mean, going two yeah. nil up, it, we've seen Derby do it over the years. It, it it can happen. You can, especially at home, you can feel you're a little bit comfortable, um, and all of a sudden you find you you don't yeah you find yourself coasting but you're absolutely right <clears throat> obviously after Craig Forsyth's um goal a, a, a great I like the positions that Craig Forsyth picks up I mean the man's what now 33 34 he, he's still playing like he did 10 years ago I mean okay he probably doesn't whip himself up and down that left side as as often as he does but there's not a great deal about Forsyth um, Quality-wise, that's dropped off over the la- over the last couple of years, and I think that's a testament as to probably why he's still hanging around. And he's obviously he's been at Derby for as long as he has. Jack, he he, he continues to do a job. He he picks out that back stick well. He's he's quite calm as well. We've seen him obviously pile drive in a couple of obviously could have scored uh, had one chalked off at the um, on, on Boxing Day. You know, with a, he has got a left foot on him, and he, he's. His composure, and like you say, he hit the bar previously. Um, I, I think it was a Collins flick on, wasn't it? Um, at the sort of the near yeah. post, drives it straight across the far post. And yeah, I, I must admit, if that doesn't go in and we go in 2 0, is it a completely different game? Possibly. Uh, yeah, uh, possibly. But obviously, we don't know that because that's not how it went. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you go in, you go in at half time two one. You know what their threats are, and I suppose that was sort of my concern a little bit in that second half was that obviously we're going to be going for it, and they they can counter, and they did have one, didn't they, where they absolutely broke through. And to be honest with you, I'm not quite sure. Uh, how they've um, how they how they've managed to fluff it and put it straight into uh, Wald Smith's hands, and obviously, as you mentioned, the, you know uh, Brannigan, the, the who got both had another free kick in that first half, almost same position and absolute drilled it. Luckily, Joe Wald Smith's in the right place at the the right time, more uh, you know a yard either side. I don't think you're keeping that out. So, I suppose you could say Derby rode their their luck a, a little bit, um, but. Again, that second half, Jack, it was wave. It was really near enough wave after wave of Derby for for a side that I know. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I know they're they're a possession based team. They the ball retention is is a big part of their game. They were making a lot of mistakes last night for me, and I think they could feel the pressure. Um, they were just. I don't think they were playing their natural game. I think Derby had got them definitely on the ropes. Um, I mean, we saw that. I mean, they brought on about three centre-offs, didn't they, before, uh, before you know, to try and shore up that back line. There must have been about six or seven in that back line towards the end. Um, but something, I think you have to take your hats off, something that obviously we've said a fair few times for, with with the Derby side, sometimes when people just stick, people, you know, players behind the ball and can't break them down. We broke them down last night, not only once, but but twice. Um, I mean, the equaliser, first of all. I mean, 
it's nice actually. We know Paul Warren is a fan of set pieces and and getting crosses into the box. I don't they weren't really paying off at the beginning half of the season, Jack, for me. But I mean, you've only got to look at the the amount of goals we've scored just recently from set pieces or crosses. They're starting to bear fruit a little bit now, aren't they? And you know, the first one last night, I mean, that ball from Cashian from a centre off. I, I just wanted to say on the podcast, I said. Uh, with, on the pod with Chris the other day, that if we were to lose him, Sonny Bradley could come in and, and replace Cashin, and I don't think we'd see much of a difference. I'm afraid I'm going to have to I'm going to have to re- revoke that statement a little bit because um, he had an absolute wonder game last night. I have to say, and that ball from a centre off, that's why a Premier League team are sniffing around him. You know, he's he's not naturally he's not a naturally big person. He's he's not a six foot four centre off. He's a 5'10", 5'11", centre-half, but by God, can he... he, He's always there. He he can always put a foot in. He's he's very... Even if he gets turned out of position a little bit, he always near enough makes the recovery. And, you know, what sort of left-sided centre-backs whipping in balls from 20 yards like that to pick out the smallest man on the field who just come on, Liam Thompson. Fantastic that... He's come on and done that, Jack, because obviously he was in pretty good form before his, his his unfortunate injury. I think he was a one of the you know main names on the team sheet for that energy. And he brought that energy in that final 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes that galvanised um, Derby, I think. I thought John Jules coming on, obviously he had the chance just before. That's a wonderful turn and shot. Eight times out of 10, that squirms under the goalkeeper, I think, if if, if I'm honest. And obviously, Beadle in the Oxford goal wasn't overly impressed by him. I know he's only 19, so, you know, we'll, uh, no disrespects to him. But he's got himself down well to that one, where Derby were in ascendancy and he was feeling that little bit of a pressure. That's a, that's a very smart save. But in the end, Jack, that back line did cave in. And as I say, that ball from Cashin and... I mean Thompson. He'd not got anybody. He'd not got anybody within four yards of him. I'm, I was waiting for the flag to go up. I have to say, and I think a few of the Derby players were expecting that flag to go because he was in absolute acres of space. But a, a cracking run, and you know, if Liam Thompson can keep fit, get himself back into this side, he is going to be the type of midfielder that's going to that Derby are really going to benefit from, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, he was in such a good form. And I, I've i said it before, in terms of the type of midfielder we need, um, and, you know, talk of maybe one in January, what it kind of comes back to for me is I don't think we ever replaced somebody like Graham Shinney with that extra bit of, of bite in the middle and the energy and drive. I think Liam Thompson can do a lot of that. I mean, I think we're seeing the Liam Thompson that we saw when he broke into the team in the Championship now for those first few games against the likes of Bournemouth. And, yeah, I mean, last night, the game felt like it was kind of crying out for his particular skill set towards the end. Someone to kind of come on and shore it up because we changed system about five minutes before he came on and gone to the back three and yeah, we've given away those couple of chances, those couple of counters. You had Wildsman have to come out and dispossess Rodriguez on the edge of the box. And you had James Henry's chance that really should have, you know, sealed the win for, for Oxford. And then he kind of came on, the team started to look a little bit, maybe a little bit leggy, you know, are they going to fall at the final hurdle? 
he comes on and we think, okay, right, can he galvanise his energy? He had an instant impact, not necessarily in the way we thought. You know, as, as you say, great ball from Cashin. There he is in no man's land. And, you know, 2-2. Two, two. Right, let's let's push for this winner now with, with fresh legs. He's come on, Ward's come on. And, and yeah, then you had, for the winner, brilliant ball again from, from Hurahan, from that from that free kick. And, and yeah, Cashin managed to kind of break free and was pretty much on mark by the time the ball the ball got to him. And he just side puts it in and and that's the game. I mean, what a performance from Aaron Cashin, goal and assist. And I think on him and what you, you know, what you were saying the other day about Sonny Bradley and then compared to, to last night, I think the form that he's in, the partnership between him and Curtis Nelson, we would if it was down to me, if we were selling them in January, I don't think I'd do it without the, the loan back, at least, because I don't think we can afford to kind of rock the apple cart at this point with the, the form we're in. And then also, if he were to go on free in the summer, then we'd get compensation in having come through the academy. And the difference between the compensation fee we get and the transfer fee we might get at this point and this point could stand for Max Bird as well. The difference between those fees compared to how much they could, would be worth to us if they guide us to promotion. What, you know, obviously we don't have any sorts of figures. This is a decision for the club to make. But I do wonder, is it worth just keeping them at the end of the season? Because if we, if we go up, and even if they go on a free, we've probably made more from them than if we sell them now. Do you know what? I think that <clears throat> think it is, is a very clever way of looking at it. I mean, like you say, we, we don't know what the figures are. I mean, what I, I mentioned it with Chris. Are Brighton really going to throw another another four million, four and a half million bid at us in January? I, I, I don't see why they would, personally. I think that's probably dropped to about two and a half to three. Surely it's got, like you say, surely it's got to be worth more than three million pounds for Derby to get back into the championship, and then you get the added uh, compensation, as you say, because he's, he's been through the academy, which I know is not masses of you know masses of money. It'll probably be in and around the the one to two million pounds, I would have thought. Uh, but still, you are you are in a position now where he is weighing up. I think the only, and I think I mentioned it sort of a little bit with Chris, was that obviously when that deal sort of didn't happen, he got pulled out of the team. He wasn't fully firing. But then since then, he has been. I don't think there's been a game gone by since the end of August transfer window, really, where Cashin's been that poor. Um, You just wonder if there's a bit of a tussle in January. Does he lose that little bit of focus again, which we don't obviously want to cost Derby on the pitch. It, it's a very difficult one to to put out there. Um, but, you know, breaking his neck to get there, to get a foot on the end of it. I mean, it, it's it's fantastic. And whatever happens with Aaron Cashin, I, I don't want to see him obviously leave Derby. And it, it, it will come at the end of the day, it will come down to finances, I'm sure. But he, he played... Last night, you know, obviously all the players jump on him. He's celebrating. He, there was just everything about it. Um, 
I know money rules football, and of course it does. And, and to to miss out on an opportunity to go to a Premier League club would, would be tough for him. Is he going to walk into Brighton's team? I don't believe so, if, if I'm honest. What's the best case scenario he's going to get? Loaned out to the Championship next season. That's probably whereabouts he, he would be. I mean, if we go up, he would be... He would play every minute of, of, of every game if fit for Derby. So it, it must be it must be a difficult it'd be a difficult choice for him personally. I'm sure it'll be a difficult choice for the um, for the club. Um, but I think it's one of them where we have to enjoy, you know enjoy performances like that while we've got him because that was that was a very very good um, performance. And it's as I say that that sort of a ball in and that sort of a attacking threat from a set piece is what really separates those championship, the, at that age, championship interest and Premier League interest, isn't it, really? Um, so I can yeah. see why Brighton are definitely interested. I, I really do. Um, hopefully we can we can hold back. And we'll, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, that that end to that, to that game, Jack, it, it was just, it was deserved. As I say, I, I think if Derby had have ended up even drawing or losing that game or whatever, you'd have come away and gone, do you know what? They've given it an absolute crack. They've played three, you know, two games in four days with, with a very, very same 11, I think. In fact, almost identical 11. Unchanged for the last two, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, question is now, can they go on and do it again against Peterborough, who... As we expected, every year they're in the in the League One. They might it's taken them a few weeks to get there, but they are on absolute fire at the minute, scoring goals for fun. Slightly, slightly worried about how free flowing they are and scoring because we know the way that we play can create opportunities. But we're at Pride Park. It's an it's an opportunity to stamp authority get ourselves I mean obviously we would surely go into third if not second with a win on, on Monday um, it's just another one of those games we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago if you could get out of these three unbeaten with five points I think you've had a good Christmas period well we've got six out of two you're hoping for a minimum now of, of obviously seven but nine nine points Jack out of them three I don't think three, four weeks ago, any of us on the Rams review would have sat here and expected that from that running. No, it's it's incredible. The, the run, really, if if that is what transpires. I mean, if you look at the table, we are now four points off top with a game in hand, two points off second. Bolton have also played 23 games. And level on points, Peterborough, who are only ahead of us on goals scored with a game in hand. So... If Derby were to beat Peterborough on Monday, they'd go three points ahead of them, so certainly into third, and have a game in hand on them. So, yeah, that would be, as you say, quite a statement. I mean, I would not expect it to be as big a win, scoreline-wise, as the reverse fixture. I think, you know, that day, we, you know, we had a, a good spell for you know, 15, 20 minutes and we took advantage and we finished our dinner in those in those 15 minutes or so. Whereas, yeah, this is this is going to be tough. They are in 
good form. You know, yesterday, draw with, with Barnsley, is it a good result? Two for Johnson Clark Harris, who is, you know, despite only having six goals this season, he is always a threat. He's the sort of player that, you know, you can't write off. I mean, they've not they've not lost in the league since they went away to Wigan on seventh of November. So yeah, they're 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 flying as well. It feels like they're you know, this is a huge game at the top of the table. And I I mean I would have said this before before Oxford as well, to be fair, exactly in a way. If you offered me a point right now, I'd probably snap your hand off. Because it would keep us level with them, keep us kind of in the race, game in hand on Peterborough and on Portsmouth. You know, that'd be a good position considering, you know, who we're facing. But but equally, you know, I I do have faith that we can turn up on the day and put in a good account of ourselves. Regardless, I think I think the players are going to be up for this one. To, to keep the run going, as I say, buoyed by last night. And yeah, I mean, we are the form team in the division. They will be worried about about coming to Pride Park, you know, regardless of their obvious quality. So so it should be a really, really good matchup because as you say, the way we play will probably leave opportunities for them as well, which you know, great game for the neutral, if nothing else. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's two styles basically going up against each other, and it'll it will be if there's to if there is to be a winner, it will whoever takes for me, it'll be whoever takes the the chances that surely will come. I mean, now that that's just you know that's just quashed it, and it? it's going to be a nil nil ball draw. But yeah. like, like you say, I, I would, I would have. Taken a point, absolutely. I think now, though, that you know the greedy side of you in you is that you're now back at home, buoyed by, you know, we we. One thing I said to Chris on the pod, obviously, you know, over that run, while we've had some tough moments in games, we've had backs to the wall a little bit in one or two, but in the majority of those wins, we've been, you know, relatively okay. Going two nil down away from home is a and coming back to win it is it for me is a state against the top six side is a statement of intent that is a how will derby react to when was the last time derby was 2-0 down at home or away you know what i mean so it was how were they going to react and they reacted in a way that even i was a little bit surprised by i know we're on a good run um but i fully expected oxford a, a, a team like oxford to have to have seen that out um, so as I say, whilst I heap massive praise on the way Derby played in that second half, I do also question a little bit the way that Oxford handled the game. Um, but it's not about Oxford, it's about Derby. So going into that one then on Monday, like we've just said there, Jack, I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know what's worse, turning up on Monday, putting them away and then losing to Fleetwood the week after. I, I, I don't. I, I think I put the same sort of question to Chris. Would it be better for Derby to to get beat in a in a tighter game against one of the better sides rather than knock the confidence against a lower league one? But it, it's it's a bit of a difficult one because obviously I don't want to see Derby lose any of them. Um, but it's it's just one of those. 
obviously you would assume um, that the run eventually is going to come to an end. I mean, if we can go between now and the end of the season without without getting beat, then obviously we're going up as champions quite comfortably. Um, I don't think we're quite that team yet. But after the last eight weeks, seven weeks, I think we're starting to see that we've really bedded in. The, the tactics are working. Players are gelling. Injured players are coming back. The squad's looking strong. I'm not saying it doesn't need something in... Um, in January, because I think one or two injuries again would 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 cause a bit of an issue. Um, but at the moment, Derby are riding a crest of a wave, and as, as long as they can, they, they've just got to keep it going, haven't they? I suppose so. Again, you go into Monday, don't get beat. If it's only a point, it's only a point. But we've got to keep the run rolling as long as we can, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on on the question around would we be better to lose, and then you know then beat Fleetwood. In terms of, you know, what the reaction might be after a loss to Fleetwood or just anyone at their sort of, you know, position in the table at the moment, you know, you'd say, well, that'd be you know, a big dent in in confidence and things. But I think on the basis of where we are and this being a six-pointer, I think the three points against Peterborough would be worth worth more than three points against Fleetwood in that sense. So, so yeah, and as you say, I think just the best, you know, we just to try and keep the run going. I think this is also, uh, let's not forget, Ryan Niambi's last game before AFCON. So, you know, it's great that we've got him for this one. It's great that the club has negotiated that because I think against someone like Peterborough, that will be huge if I remember rightly, their left-hand side did cause us a fair few problems in the reverse fixture. And that was obviously before he had signed. Yeah, he did, yeah. So to have him there, I think could, I think he could be a difference maker. Um, but, but yeah, I think it looks like it's going to be a pretty full stadium. New Year's Day, as you say, right in the press of a wave. The ingredients are there for a, for a great game. And we're just going to hope that Derby can and seize the opportunity. I mean, I don't think it, many Derby fans will have forgotten the last time Peter, I think it was the last time Peter came to Pride Park. Oh, yeah. With a 90th minute Sibley winner on the year we, was that the year we stayed up or the year we got relegated? I think it was the year we got relegated. It uh, was. We played them last season as well, though, didn't we? Oh, uh, sorry. But did we? Yeah. Did we? Hold on. Let me see. Can't even um, I was thinking that was the last time we played when Sibley popped up in the 90th minute. I'll take one of them again. The last time we played at Pride Park was August last season. Ah. And there was there was late drama then as well. So Josh Knight had given them the lead in the 68th minute. And Jason Knight equalised for us in the 88th. Before David McGoldrick in stoppage time got us the win. So it was late drama in the last couple of times we faced them at Pride Park. So that is something that could very well happen as well, as, of course, was the, the fixture on the road in the uh, the administration season, the relegation season, in which, you know, Jack Streffen had come off the bench and got his first, I think his first league goal for Derby, and then we capitulated in stoppage time, didn't we? We, we conceded two. So there's a, there's a history of late drama in this these battles as well. So it is not difficult to see why Sky Sports have selected this as 
that's their New Year's Day EFL fixture, really, is it? No, I, I would agree with you. I, I'd, I've remembered a couple of the things. You, you've reminded me to a couple of others. It is one of them fixtures. Luckily, certainly at Pride Park, Derby have had the better of it. So, I mean, for the final couple of minutes on the pod, really, Jack, that's, you know, we've got to talk about that. And 2024, I mean, who knows? Getting getting the year off to a good start. And as, I think that's just not lose. I, I would take the point. Yeah. I would. Um, getting, the, getting the year off to a good start, you've navigated a very tricky Christmas period with many more points than I think we would have expected. Uh, let's be completely honest. And then it's it's there for the taking now. You know, I mean, Portsmouth have started to slip a little bit. Bolton, they've had a... Not that they've been hit and miss, but they're still in and around it. Peterborough, like I said, I think they went 2-0 down last night, didn't they, against Barnsley at, at London Road. Yeah. They managed to pull it back. Um, so there's been a few draws. I think, you know, Derby have... I still find it amazing our Derby's collected 24 out of 27 points and, you know, we're still in fourth. But uh, it just goes to show you. Um, teams in and around it, they're, they're all having a little, you know, a, a little something, a little wobble. Um, Derby, as we well know, tends to come in sort of February time, as we, as we well know. Um, so I suppose, again, the fixtures... Walt's not easy, look favourable, a bit more favourable for me in, in January. Get this one out of the way, have a solid January and, and take it from there. And then you're really starting to get into the back end of the season, aren't you, Jack? And, and Derby really should be right up there. Yeah, if you if you add a couple of decent players in January, if you get January right, which was probably our undoing last year, then then yeah, certainly. Yeah, get get through this one, and and yeah, there's. Um, I mean, when's the next time we play one of the current top six? Because I don't think it is for a while. I think the next one might be Barnsley at the end of the end of February, unless I unless I've missed someone there. And I think if you look again back to last season, you know we had this great run this time of year. Went to the end of January, it was what nineteen or twenty unbeaten. Yeah, um, yeah, that. Yeah, and but the difference there was we didn't play that many teams around the top end of the table. We've played a couple of, you know, well, we will have played a couple of huge promotion rivals, so I think if we can keep it going, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, You know, if you'd have said this a month ago, we'd have been stunned, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is all for 2023 and the podcast. We'll see you the other side back in 2024 when we'll talk about all about Peterborough and look ahead to that Fleetwood game next week. Jack, Happy New Year, mate, and thanks very much for joining me. Thanks, mate. Happy New Year to you as well, and the listeners. Absolutely. Happy New Year to all the listeners. And the last thing to say is, up the ramps. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to get in touch, we're on Twitter at RamsReview1. Our Facebook is RamsReview Podcast. Or you can drop us an email, RamsReview at hotmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, up the Rams.